people that were invested in the business, they wanted to take on more just because that was one of their main focuses for the summer. People that really became invested in the business, they looked at it as a total priority of the summer, not just making money, but learning a bunch and gaining more responsibility and having, if I get a call from somebody uh, way down the road, it's going to be the best review that they they've ever had. Right. In terms of that. So a summary in the business, it really, really created a lot of value and made a lot more autonomous. And then outside the business, it just made relationships for, for me, my production managers and my painters that I'm sure will hold for, for a long time. Welcome to the leaders of tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the student works management program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders, really amazing. I'm, I'm really excited uh, about having this uh, this particular podcast. Uh, Mackenzie Mercier joined our program at Queen's University and did was one of our top rookies that year. I can't remember where he would have finished, but he was a $100,000 rookie. That next year, he, he doubled to 200, doubled again to 430. And then this final year, again, all while in full-time school, he did $603,000 worth of business. We'll complete that. So just, just remarkable. And we talk about the different mindset, where his business was, where his leaders were, how enrolled his team was, different structures that he put into place as his business continued to double and double and, you know, and grow and grow and grow. I'm sure you will listen to this and find it inspiring as I have. I expect this is kind of, um, you know, the start of 2022. We, we, we uh, recorded this in early December and uh, really excited about what we know will be an amazing year of growth, of personal development, of, of the business going to, to, again, look to get better and better and better at doing what we do, which is developing amazing leaders like Mac Mercier. So if you know of any amazing people, please send them to studentworks.com, share this, this podcast with them. You can also send me an email with anybody, any contacts or just information or, or ideas uh, for, for our business or for our podcast. Thanks so much. C. Thompson at studentworks.com. Have an unbelievable day. Mac, welcome back to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me and, and happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. You bet. <laughs> All right. A little inside joke for our leaders, uh, Mac and, uh, and Zach created a great way when they're at the door to engage customers. It just seems really goofy to say happy Tuesday with a big smile on your face. And it just is makes people smile. And it's yeah. a great it's a great conversation starter. And it just puts people at ease. And, and so it's something that we use throughout our business. And we coach uh, coach the happy Tuesday or happy Friday or whatever it is. So we're so everyone knows it's Tuesday, December 7th. This podcast will will come out in 2022. And the reason for the pod is, is we were talking in Jamaica and just saying it would be awesome to kind of go back and say, you know, a really good first year, right? You did 100 and then you did 200. And one of the really remarkable things I remember sharing, and I, I, I did share this on our first podcast, 
which was I learned more in my second year than I did in my first year. And so one of the things that we've really looked to do in our business is have more and more people have that experience. And then so, so Mac went from 200 to 430, and this year is going to do 603. Just unbelievable. So, and I know, obviously, we talk a bunch, right? You know, every once in a while, I, I get a hold of you and tell you, hey, great week or what's happening. But I haven't really been able to have a full conversation about, you know, what was it like, you know, as a full-time student in Queens, you know, and just kind of walking through. And I just believe all sorts of other leaders will be really interested in, in hearing that, Max. So a long prelude. So let's talk about that. First year, you know, who was Mac after that program? What was tough about that year? What, what, what did you have about that year, et cetera? Yeah, so, so first year was, you know, after being accepted into the program and, and really diving in, I guess I, I didn't start very powerfully. I was okay. very, when I came to Queens, it was, you know, I'm going to meet a bunch of people, have fun. And then this opportunity came along, which kind of threw a wrench in my original plans. Yes. However, in, in hindsight, it was, you know, the best <laughs> opportunity I've ever come across. But yeah. I guess I had to, like, I originally went to Queens with, uh, I'm getting a degree in kinesiology. I got a degree in kinesiology and I wanted to become a dentist. So it was a long long, uh, long-term goal there. A yeah. bunch of school, you know, eight, eight years later, um, that's no longer the plan, yes. but it was hard for, for me to, I guess, take time away from school at first to focus right. on starting this business and developing this business and learning all these new skills. So that was my first real challenge coming mm-hmm. into to January of that would have been 2018. Right. And eventually, you know, I, I, I guess I put my school, um, I, I managed my time better so that I could fit the school in while starting marketing, which was the first step in, in starting this new business. And right away, I, I started to love it. I was learning a lot. I really enjoyed meeting new people at the door. I love getting rejected. I thought it was like, you know, I always <laughs> laugh it off. Um, it was challenging to let go or not. I guess it was more, I was obsessed with school because that was my my goal then focus. is to yes. become that dentist and, and totally, totally my focus, my ultimate focus. But over time, I, I developed a passion for, you know, eventually scaling this business. Mm-hmm. So that was the first real challenge, which I overcame. And then it was really the commute from Queens and I operate my business in Ottawa. I did it all four years. And that was also really challenging. At first, I didn't have a car, so I had to figure that out. Ended up getting my hands on a car, which which was amazing. I had that for a couple of years. And I always thought about, you know, the time that I would take going from Kingston to Ottawa and and thinking about that as lost time. Like wow. my weeks were so busy. So eventually I came up with, you know, many ways to stay busy throughout those drives, whether it was, you know, listening to a recording of a lecture or, you know, calling marketers, whatever it may be. Because I always, I guess I, I almost regretted that time in the car, taking that sure. time in the car yeah. because it was, it was, I, I viewed it as lost time going back and forth from Kingston to Ottawa. So I, I overcame that. And then really just, you know, eventually when I got a hold of, of the skills in terms of marketing and recruiting and started diving into production season, that's when it became crazy. And, you know, I'm never going to do this again. This is, this is insane. I, 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 
I could go check my tax return from that year, but I spent a, a wicked amount of money on gas because I was disorganized driving from site to site, uh, never having the, the right materials on site. Right. Didn't really have a person that I can fully delegate to in the business. Right. So I just took on everything. And it was, it was a pretty, it was a nightmare of a first year, even though the numbers were pretty good in yeah. terms of, um, you know, what the average student did in their first time mm-hmm. business back in 2018, the numbers were pretty good, but behind the scenes that, you know, what I'm describing now, it was, uh, it was definitely chaotic yeah. and I learned a lot. It was just that I tried to do too much and didn't delegate any tasks. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it was very disorganized. And uh, a lot of my employees, I'm sure did not have a great experience that year. Well, I know that for a fact, I did not have yeah. any returning employees coming right. over to my second year. And uh, all in all, though, that was something that I just kind of sat down when September hit. And I knew I was coming back, I made right. a plan to recruit a production manager in my second year. And, you know, just, just really revamp the system that I had in place for my business in first year and, and really scale the business year over year. Perfect. Love, love, love what you're sharing. So one thing is I love, you know, sort of, because we do have a bunch of commuters and what do I do with those times? And I remember Jeff Hollingsworth, one of our really successful alumni, used to commute three hours back and forth. And so he'd listen to client manual presentations or listen to podcasts or listen. It is something because, you know, there, you know, one of the things I like to say is we, we, we recruit people with big engines, it's like, hey, you know, I, I want to do stuff. I, you know, so, so I think a lot of people find that. So being thoughtful, canvas your business coach, canvas other operators. What can I do to take advantage of that time? That's really a great thing. And I think chaos on, in a first year operation is just so normal, right? That, it's going to be hard. It's, it's just I'm doing something. And then, of course, it's going to be hard for my team because I haven't really set clear expectations. Now, I really believe the company you entered is not the company you've left, right? Like in four years, we've just made such a transformation. You know, we're, you know, three times bigger, but even more importantly, the systems, the structures, what we're doing, how we're coaching is so much different, you know, but no matter what, it's really hard to be a leader of something you haven't done yet. And that's one of the big challenges of our program. It's one of the reasons why I think so many people do so many things because if you can do this, gosh, can you ever do do other things? So some questions. And one of the things as well, like I think it's really candid how, you know, hey, you really want to be a dentist and to be a dentist, you've got to get fantastic marks. So, yep. so, so and it's understandable that most students when they come into school are just thinking school, oh, I should just keep doing this to go do that, right? Like just, it makes sense. Law, medicine, teacher, you know, these these things that spin off school. So when did it become clear to you that more than likely a career in business was more likely for you? It became apparent, uh, I would say, end of my first year and start of my second year. Okay, it started to become, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It Like, I, I guess... You know, what I just described was a, a real summary of my first year. I enjoyed yeah. a lot of things. I realized that I really, I got a lot of satisfaction out of transforming clients' homes. Like that, that was one of the major things. And then I mentioned on the past podcast with you and back in uh, 2020, 
that yeah. I found my unique ability. Like I found I was really good at sales. And the only reason I didn't do more is because I didn't have the systems in place to complete more. Ah. So like my booking percentage was very, very high. And um, I also, I love, so just to briefly describe what a unique ability is, yeah. it's you know, what you love being great at. Yeah. I found that I was great at sales and I also, you know, loved sales and, and loved being great at it. So that's what I found. And that's what really, really transformed in my next year in hiring a production manager. Now, when, yeah, when did it become apparent to answer your question, Chris? I, I would say, I would say more start of second year when mm-hmm. I brought Zach into my business, who was my production manager my second year. Shout out Zach. What an awesome, awesome yeah, guy. He, he just made running a business way more fun. Because yes, and I, I could tell that. Yeah, yeah. I had a blast in my second year. And and that's when I realized that, you know, first year, I was still hemming and hawing about pursuing dentistry. However, in second year, it became apparent that I I really loved customer service in terms of uh, in terms of a contracting business. And I love the sales around it as well. Mm-hmm. And and I think it made my, my vision became more clear when Zach became came to the business just because it made it way more fun to to operate with him. So yeah. and it allowed me to focus on that unique ability, which was the sales while he handled the production. Yeah. So tell me more about that second year. So you're doubling the business. I know you talked about it as you learn more in your first year, sorry, in your second year than your first year. What about your team's experience? What was, you know, you know, how were you improving the systems and structures of your business so it ran better? I would say the 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 key point was the production manager, Zach. He pretty much took over managing all the painters. Yeah. So managing job sites, managing the painters, picking up the materials or having the painters pick up the materials. So that was time that I could use just overseeing things or putting more time and effort into sales. Our recruiting structure was way better. We... We had a lot of, we found some really key components at the start of the year. And then once we realized that they were really, really good employees, always showing up on time and really just amazing quality of work and work ethic, they started referring some of their friends. Yeah. So that was really the best. And that's, that's how this program works a lot of the time. Some of the best operators are referred into the program and we're up to 82 referrals this year. 82. We just jumped another one today. So just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much power in that. And really it was just the, the team in our second year was way, way better. We, we were able to complete obviously way more jobs and it started with a production manager. However, it led into our first painters in May completing jobs and referring some of their, some of their like-minded friends who just wanted to work really hard that summer and earn a bunch of money. And it, uh, it obviously paid dividends. It, it kickstarted my vision on a, on a new passion and it's still my passion today. And then obviously allowed me to return for a third year and a fourth. So it was, um, it was kind of a, the split in the path and I left, I left one path onto another and I'm not turning back now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, and again, I think, you know, again, finding something that people love, that's the best way to spend your life, right? You know, and, yeah. and you know, of course, something that you love, well, you're actually getting incredibly compensated. But the most important part of it is you really like it. You find it challenging. You find it complex. You find it, you know, you're, you're really good at it. Like that's, that's just a way to, way to spend your life, Mac. So, so we're in this second year 
we've completed, you were, I remember, you know, they're all coming back to me. You are our most improved operator. You double the size of the business. And so what were you and Zach thinking of crafting for that next year? What happened there? Zach came in and he, he had never run a business before. Mm-hmm. And there were still things that he was like, this is, you know, there's days that are crazy. And, and, yeah. you know, every business has that, but he, he never saw that as a, as an operator in mm-hmm. the first year. So he thought <laughs> I would have it probably more figured out in my second year. So he was certainly willing to return. He made more money in the summer than he ever did before and, right. uh, and had a lot more fun. We lived together and, and had a lot of fun with it. So right. he was committed to returning, but there were a lot of systems that need to be implemented for the third year in order for him to enjoy it more, just have more structure and make more money. And uh, so we started crafting a bunch of new systems in that mm-hmm. third year or at the end of the second year in the fall. And one of those was incorporating an, another production manager into our business whose name's Jake. And he also yeah. went to Queens and lived with us at Queens. Right. So that was another huge addition just because the entire time I've been with the student works management program, it's, it's been production that's been the limit to our success in terms of yeah. revenue in our business. And having another production manager allowed us to really, really scale because we pretty much doubled again yeah. from second year to third year. And another thing that, that really allowed us in going into that third year, I was, I kind of um, let go of, you know, quote unquote, penny pinching in the business okay. because, okay. The, because our, our goal was to do 500K it required just having access of everything to save time. Time was way more important than the money spent on, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, going to Home Depot and buying 15 packs of 50 sanding grits or yeah. whatever it may be, having the best crew kits possible. Yes. Um, having extra ladders so that we weren't transferring extra. them back and forth, enough power, for- power washers, enough power sanders, whatever the teams needed to do the job to be, to execute their role really powerfully, great, we've got it. And that'll make a difference of, you know, a, a, maybe a couple grand, all those things I just talked about, or three grand, but in a scale of a four or $500,000 business, it's really very little. Exactly, yes. yeah. And and one one thing that comes to mind in, in terms of that, I remember, I mean, I'm sure we'll dive more into the third year, but there was a time in that third year where I had a, a crazy busy day. We were starting a new crew. We had already six crews on the go, I believe. And I had a bunch of estimates and it was one of those times where, you know, I, I love coaching the the crew on their first ever training, mm-hmm. a brand new crew. However, the sales were really important at that point of the year. Right. And it was one of those times where, you know, I look back on that commitment that I made to really do everything necessary in terms of, you know, dumping money into the business in order for it to succeed for me to pay a production manager to train that crew instead of me spending my time doing that, it was, it was something that was hard to swallow because I love doing it. And, right. and I wanted to save the money by just using my time. Okay. However, um, it was, it, it went extremely well and, and it allowed us to, I think book close to 10 K that day, mm-hmm. which, which paid probably a lot more. And, and Zach coached them the first day. And obviously Zach's a fantastic coach, as you know, Chris, and yes, and um, it, it all went super, super well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, again, you know, as we, as, as our business starts to grow, you know, we're talking hundred now, 200 now, 430, 
the way we think about our business needs to change. We become different people. Our business becomes different. One thing we didn't talk about, you know, so so we know we had a good relationship with Zach, didn't go perfectly. You know, how was the, you know, staff engagement in your second year and your third year? You know, I, I you know. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. I think besides having the best production managers and, and you know, the best guys I could ask for on my team, the the painters and crew chiefs were were phenomenal. The the enrollment, so our our team was very tight knit. It was right. it was a really good culture. There was a healthy balance between you know being really close friends and and being a boss, quote unquote. Right. Um, we we just had a really great culture. So after in that second year and third year, we had very very little turnover. Oh, and I think that's because yeah, I think I think we might have lost. You know, we had maybe ten painters in my second year, maybe. 14 in my, in my third. And I think we would have lost, you know, less, less than one hands worth of people. people. Yeah. Um, and that was mainly to do with the culture on the job site, off the job site and, uh, and amongst b- between production managers and painters and crew chiefs and between myself, painters and crew chiefs, and then yeah. amongst each other, everything was just really, really, really close. We had, you know, I would say very little conflict in mm-hmm. terms of, in terms of uh, the relationships and it really made people want to be better on, on the job site, which, which really made an impact in, you know, referrals, um, reviews, everything that helped our business scale and, you know, not even business related. It just gave us more relationships that last a lifetime. I was actually, chatting with one of my painters the other day and he I was asking him do you still chat with a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the team members from this past summer the summer before yeah and they chat regularly like it's it's you know yeah besides business it just gives you a relationship for life which you know might uh, you might connect later in life and and totally make something of it too right so that that was one thing that in the business really allowed us to, to scale and made it a lot more autonomous, which I really should make a key point on that. People that were invested in the business, they wanted to take on more just because that was, that was one of their main focuses for the summer. People that really became invested in the business, they looked at it as it, as a a total priority of the summer, not just making money, but, learning a bunch and, and gaining more responsibility and having, you know, if I get a call from somebody, uh, you know, uh, a manager way down the road, yeah. it's okay. going to be the best review that they they've ever had. Right. Yeah. yeah. In terms of, uh, in terms of that. So in, in the business, you know, the summary in the business, it, it really, really created a lot of value and made it a lot more autonomous. And then outside the business, it just made, relationships for for me my production managers and my painters that i'm sure will hold for for a long a lifetime time. or a long time yeah and it's one of those things where you know one of the most important questions that hr organizations ask about you know how engaged is your staff is do you have a best friend at work right like you know and that's one of the questions that i'm always checking in with we we ask that question 
in our organization. And it's a really, really key thing. You know, are people again, spending time separate, you know, from work, you know, and, and, and then the other thing is, is I'm sure Mac, your team members thought of the job, like, like their business, this is our business, right? It's not, oh, this Mac's business. This is our business. I'm sure there's a real feeling of that. I'm sure. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. There was a lot of pride taking, taken um, on every job site every day. And it's funny. I, I know we're kind of going through the timeline of my student works, uh, I guess, career. career. Yeah. <laughs> and this past year, like in our fourth year, we had the best team ever and yeah. people so invested. We actually, we didn't have one day off of production until the rafting trip. That was wow. the first day. So since, since I think it was April 26th until it would have been, uh, I think it was August 7th or something like that was our rafting trip. Rafting we trip. Have, yeah. We had at least one crew working every day, weekend, you know, holiday didn't matter. We had at yeah. least one crew working. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so, so when you think about, you know, the systems and processes to do the really, really big numbers, because again, a lot of people are saying, you know, they, they have an idea of what, you know, wow, what, what, what sort of profit gets generated at 400, $600,000 of the business. So it's like, you know, what, you know, there's a real big value in getting there. Right. You know, so it's, it's kind of a, you know, really change the, 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 plane of your life, you know, type of money uh, at, at that age and what it can do to grow your finances. So what systems, what processes were you putting into place that made it run differently? So I'm hearing great culture. I'm hearing a great team, recruiting methods. I'm hearing great leadership of Isaac and, and, um, and yourself. And all of a sudden I forgot his name. Jake. Jake and Jake, yeah. you know, so, so great leadership, this triumvirate of leaders. What else? What other systems and processes? I would say, um, in terms of in terms of the preseason, it was quite a bit of quite a bit of marketing. Which most most of our marketing was done by myself, as well as okay. my two production managers. In my third year, we okay. crushed it out. We operate in Westboro in in Ottawa and Nepean, and we. We definitely hit, I think, every house just about two times, just from January 1st until the end of April. Yeah. Um, now, I should mention year over year, that marketing was less less of a necessity. In first year, I got you know 90% of my business from marketing door to door. Second year, let's call it 75. Third year, it was probably 50% and then maybe 40. And then this year, I think it might have been 20, 20%, 25 Wow. Um, it's the referrals and, and, and the reputation that we grew in our neighborhood, in our business year over year in our turf, it was, it made such an impact. It just made that time used for marketing was probably used a lot of time for estimates because we did so many of them through yep. referrals, but also just creating those systems. So that was, that was something that we put a plan in place, you know, a schedule for marketing, the three of us, um, every week in the preseason. And then diving into the summer was where the, the systems became, uh, you know, a lot more structured mm -hmm. because as I mentioned before, the, the limit in our business has always been, you Production. know, how much can we produce in the right. summer? So 
every every morning when we were starting cruise, we pretty much divvy up the cruise depending on how many we had going that day. And Jake would either either check in or set up all of his crews. Zach would do the exact same. And then if we had too many going that day, maybe I would check in on on one or two or set them up. So the the difference between setting it setting up and checking in on a crew, some crews are totally qualified to you know knock on the door, introduce themselves to the client, do a walk around, do a full setup, make sure everything's good to go, do a color confirmation. And you're mainly checking in to to see if they did all that. Yes. Just checking all the boxes. Setting yeah. up a crew, you're mainly doing all that stuff yourself. You're, right. you're knocking on the door, introducing the client to the crew and, yeah. you know, confirming the color, making sure everything's good to go. So, so you want to kind of move from that setting up a crew to the checking in on a crew because it's a fraction of the time. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of the time, you know, you, you, that that's an autonomous crew really once you've checked in with them, they're, they're rolling, they're good. Go. So that was one of the systems that we implemented every morning just to make sure that everybody had the the right materials you know the client was okay with with the color and knew exactly what was going to happen in and around their home that day yeah um and then we did start implementing a system where we had a a check-in in in the middle of the day so whether it was my painters that would text me or a production manager that would text me a summary of all the crews just where they're at in terms of the budget the budget being, you know, the time allocated to the job so that we can hold true to our commitment and be accountable to our, our start time on our next job so that I can notify the client if we do need to come a little bit early or if we do need to, to push a little bit. But we always, you know, aim if we say that we're going to be there Thursday morning, we're aiming to be there Thursday morning. So that check-in was really important because, especially year over year, because the schedule just became something that was was very very challenging scheduling you know that much work a lot of time yeah yeah so that was a really important system that we implemented one one other one that i really want to bring up just because i think it was a problem or a, a challenge rather even this year is just always making sure that the the crew had the right materials so i i mentioned previously that we we had no problem purchasing you know the right materials Right. However, there was times where we just didn't know that the materials needed to be purchased. So, yes. so that was one thing. Uh, biweekly, we we did this year. Biweekly, we would have a crew kit organization day. So yeah. while some crews were working, um, some guys were only available for maybe three hours. They would come over to my garage, take out all the crew kits. I'd give them each a list. They'd go through, just check what we needed. And then that Sunday, we would run to the store so that everything was, was ready to go on uh, on Monday morning. So that was that was a really big one. It's just it made it made a real challenge my first year because I think a lot of that gas money I was describing was just spent driving back and forth to the paint store. Yes, or wasted even, time. You know, yes, totally wasted the time. Downtime for your teams. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Or even I wouldn't even go to the paint store sometimes just because at that size of a business, I was like, oh, it's just eating away at my profits. So I'd go grab a, um, you know, a scraper from one crew and bring it over. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, that, that doesn't work. work. Yes. I learned pretty quick, but that was, that was definitely something that, that was made a really big impact um, was that crew kit organi- organization. Yeah. One thing yeah. I thought you it would be wonderful to share is, as I know you talked about the impact of, you know, really great canvassing and 
acquiring numbers and meeting with customers, and then how much of an impact it have on the entire season. So that's that's part of it is as well. So so I know you talked about oh I needed less and less marketing, but so much of that ended up being they were calling you or you were calling them later, and maybe you could talk to that. Yeah. I think we just built a, a really strong, strong, strong presence in our turf, mm-hmm. whether it started from, from lawn signs, um, next door neighbor marketing, which we, we had a, a great success in our second and third year doing that right. was, you know, at end of every day, we'd knock on the entire street or two right. streets over and people just knew we were around. We, yeah. we were the, I would say we were the main painting company to go to for a quote, anything on your house that needed painted people at least thought of us, whether they booked with us, we were in their head somehow, some way we have a Facebook group for that neighborhood. It's called Westboro mom and dads. I think they changed it to Westboro neighbors, but every Friday you're able to advertise on that page. So we would never miss a Friday. Every Friday we'd be posting. Sometimes we even ask the client to put in, um, for permission to put it in their address right. or I would even say we're working at this address tomorrow on Saturday, awesome. drive by, check it out. And we don't, you know, we'd always make sure we have a lawn sign up. So it was just, uh, I think that, I think I might've spoken to it in the, in the last podcast as well. It was multiple exposures that yeah. really, really allowed us to book with so many different clients in that neighborhood, in that one neighborhood you know, it started with, with canvassing and then, uh, which, which we probably knock on the doors probably three or four times throughout the, the season. And yeah. then Facebook lawn signs, I even had, you know, stickers on my trailer. Yeah. It was, it was multiple, multiple exposures, which obviously, um, it was brand recognition at that point. And then that's obviously a lot different than reputation. I think reputation came from people raving about us on Facebook. I make a post on that Westboro mom and dad's page. We have a bunch of clients commenting that we finished last week, did a phenomenal job with, with a trades business. I think people are willing to not, you know, not necessarily we're always, you know, more expensive, but people are willing to spend more money with a contractor that they trust fully and, and, and without a question, they, they will hundred percent pay more money for a contract that they trust. And that trust comes through people that they know, or people that are familiar to them saying really good things about our brand. So that's what really gave us the reputation in the area and, and why we need to market less and less every year. Well, that one piece is just so true. And it's, it's true because so many people don't follow the four referability habits, right? That we do here, right? Yeah. You know, do what you say, be on time, finish what you start, say please and thank you. When you're operating from that sort of a level of referability, it's really unique, right? And then you're doing it year over year over year. And we have markets, obviously, whoever gets Westboro this year is going to be at a big advantage. You know, we have markets now that higher and higher performers are doing it time over time over time. And it's, it's just more and more advantageous, um, you know, and any operator who takes that on as a leader and, and for leaders who are listening to this outside the student works world, any business owner or leader who takes this on will see a massive difference when they just are 
on it. They care. They're developing a lot of energy and, and people will just keep referring you. So it just makes such a difference. Huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Any other takeaways from, from this, your fourth and final year, a little tear, a little tear being shed, but, but, you know, but by the way, just so everyone knows, there is no tear because we're just so excited about what Max accomplished and what Max moving on to, right? So this yeah. is a period of somebody's life and it's fantastic. And so, but any other, any other takeaways for our leaders listening, Mac? Oh gosh, I, I think I could go on and on all day, but <laughs> I think, I think first and foremost, it's, you know, there's, there's, hopefully there's going to be people listening to this podcast that, that, you know, maybe haven't been accepted to the program or haven't even yeah. applied or reached out or, or even looked at this sort of opportunity, right. which this one's for them. And I've had, I, I've seen some things over the past two weeks. I know you guys are in a major recruiting season right now, Chris, yeah. um, people almost aren't taking on this opportunity out of fear or it's too good to be true yeah. or, you know, whatever it may be where sure. I just want to say that it really is the, the best thing to do at this age is, is student works management program um, from the skills that you develop to, to really the opportunity to just get better and better year over year and the goal setting practices that, that we do as well, as well as, you know, a huge financial impact and, and on, you know, in terms of being comfortable at school or, you know, there, I guess, you know, for some it's being comfortable at school, some it's buying their first home. So yeah, for sure. it, it really, really is an amazing opportunity. And, and that's for those people um, who haven't taken on the opportunity yet for, for people that whether it's first year, second year yeah. um, business operators with the student works management program, I, I said on the last podcast, I, I guess I'm repeating a few things, but it's going to be great is I would look for, for second year operators, people going into their second year, I would look at your first year and this worked for me anyway, is to look at what could be your unique ability. Yeah. So for, for me, it was definitely sales. I yeah. strived at sales. I love being great at sales, but it's, it's not sales for everybody. It yeah. certainly could be production. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love production. One of the main reasons I'm sticking with the contracting business or in the contracting world is because I really get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing the progress on people's homes and how yeah. it's being developed and, and the final end product. Yeah. However, it's just what I'm best at is sales. And I, I love being great at it, but I would, I would encourage you to look back at your first year business or your second year business and just see where you were best at and where where you loved to be best at because there's an extreme difference between the two somebody could be great at running production but absolutely hate it and i don't yeah. think there's any room for improvement there if you really don't like it you know you'll just be you could be at that good stage for so long and never really have the the motivation um to gain the skills to be great so i think you really need to love it and and i guess for yeah, I guess I just wanted to say to to try to find that unique ability. And and one more thing that worked really well for me this year is because we're, I, I'm going to put that in quotations as well, a seasonal business. I know there's sure. a tremendous amount of stuff we do out of season. Mm. However, our production is in season. I think that we, the results in this sort of a business are very, very quick. We, right. we get rolling and, and there's just so much happening at once. I would really put a short-term 
reward for the end of the season. For me this year, it was, it was buying my first home and, right. um, and I accomplished that. And it was something that I just pushed towards every right. day. So it doesn't need to be that it, it certainly could be, you know, taking a vacation at the end of the year, you, you're going to work extremely hard. And, you know, everybody that, that gets to that banquet at the end of the year, it's one of my favorite years or events of the year. It's just yeah. everybody that, that got there, worked their ass off. And, yeah. and I, I really encourage you to put an extra little reward um, for the end of the year, just something that you can wake up every day and, and look at or visualize and, and work towards it. That's what I have to share with, Love it. Love yeah, it. with yeah. the, uh, the upcoming operators and people that, that might be able to take on this opportunity. Well, well, Mac, I, you know, a couple things to sort of dig in there. I love the idea of just, you know, there's got to be a why. Yes, there's this longer term why, career why, but having a, a reward. Hey, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do this for myself. I think that's just so, so great. You know, you know, whatever that is. Uh, and I, um, you know, I'm really excited about you coming on here. Before I'll ask you the final question that we always ask everybody. You've asked it before, uh, but is I'm so excited about you know. You know, all of our all of our leaders, but especially our record breaking leaders who keep busting through because, you know, I know 603 will be the number that a whole group of people, amazing, amazing leaders will be will be gunning for this coming year. And it's it's because of you, which is fantastic and and looking to surpass that. And again, they can shoot for the the big number. And if they don't achieve it, that's still pretty great, too, because they're really going to be busting it to, to just be become the best best person they can and, and run the best business they can. Um, so, so, you know, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, you know, who do you think of Mac? What do you think of? I think of, um, I think about somebody that really wants to, to get up every day and, and make an impact small or, or large in the world, whether it's in business or, you know, in personal life. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really what I think of. I think of, you know, hardworking, ambitious people that have uh, a vision and no, you know, a lot of people's visions will not be the same, um, but it will impact those around them and, and for the better. And, and that's ultimately what I think of is, is working towards a goal that's going to impact others and uh, help them achieve their goals as well. Well, that's fantastic. Well, again, you know, Matt, congratulations on an amazing four years with the Student Works Management Program. So excited what you're going to go, uh, go kick butt with, uh, with the amazing group over there at Rydale. And, uh, and I know we'll stay close. I know I'll hear, hear new updates. And uh, I'm sure down the road, we'll have you back on the pod as well when, when we hear about more and more of your success. Totally. Okay. Okay. Take care, Matt. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Chris. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. 
If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.